Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thanks for listening to Hitting the High Notes. We had some audio issues with this episode because we used some new technology in case you were wondering why it sounds different. Now, let's start the episode. Hello, folks. How's it going? It is Hitting the High Notes, a Utah Jazz podcast. It's me, your host, Hu Tran, here. And today, uh, I got Jared Barker on the line with me. What's up, Jared? Uh, not much, you. You know, just the standard stuff. Just hitting some high notes. You know, you random love crap it, like love that. It. Uh, today we even brought in. A, we're doing a we're doing a tripod today, a three pod. Uh, Nick, uh, we're gonna call him Swish. You can follow him at at Swish the T H A Great on Twitter. Hey, what's up, Swish? What's going on? All right, cool. So, so Jared texted me the other day, and he's like, "Hey, I got a great idea for a podcast." I'm like, "All right, cool. Hit me with it." And he's like, "We're gonna do a Donovan Mitchell slander podcast." And I got to tell you, Jared, that <laughs> is the worst jazz Utah Jazz pitch idea I have ever gotten. But yet <laughs> here we are, Sunday night after the end game, after the Battle of Winterfell, we're going to do the Donovan Mitchell Slander podcast. Jazz fans, do not worry, Jared is going to uh, he's going to try to defend our boy, uh, you know, uh, Spider Mitchell. And Swish, who is a huge Dwayne Wynn fan, is going to, I guess, uh, talk about some of the shortcomings that Donovan has. I get, uh, you know what, Swish? The floor is yours. You, go, you start. Um, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to discredit anything Mr. Mitchell has done, but sometimes, you know, watching this game, it gets, it irks me a little bit, man, because I know he's so much better than what he really shows out there sometimes, and I know Utah, sometimes they get a little limited offensively, but I feel like he has so many other ways to be effective, and it's like he doesn't use them. But, I mean, he's still young, so I think he has time to figure that out. Right. Oh, right. man, I was I expecting mean, him to go full slander mode, and now it's like I got another rebuttal for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, game five was – one uh it, it might be oh, the worst, the worst game, game of his professional career, yeah, except for maybe yeah, that worst playoff game ever. I mean, he's only had, you know, a handful. He's had what, 12, uh 14? No, he's had 15, like 16 um, uh, playoff games. I'm, I'm like doing the math in my head. He's had like 16 playoff games. I mean, it, he did have five, a great five, game four. 5 5 and 6, right? Okay. Yeah, 5 5. Yeah, that's 16. <clears throat> oh uh, uh, wait, hold on a second. Swish has dropped out. That's why uh, we're not hearing anything from him. So let's give us oh, a dude. minute. He's he's going to try to recall and rejoin with us. Yeah, I'm back now. I don't know. Oh, he's back. There he is. Yeah. So uh, yeah, like uh, as Swish said, um, uh, it uh, we he had he did have a pretty bad series. Like if you looked at it overall, he had a very bad series against the. Uh, Houston Rockets. Uh, anything else you want to add, real quick, Swish, before you let Jared come back? 
Um, I think with Donovan, you know, if, if you're going to use like an example of that series, um, I think he just has to kind of pick his spots better. But it also kind of depends on, you know, how the Utah offense is being ran, like their sets and everything. And I think once he figures out where he's most comfortable and he can get his best possible groove, I think he'll be better off. But like, he's and Jared, like, so a lot of struggles. Yeah, Jared, like at the beginning of the year, I actually – like maybe that first month, month and a half, I was actually very critical of Donovan Mitchell because uh, I, as I, I'm going to quote myself, I think he played a lot of quote unquote hero ball. Like he was just jacking up like shots. He would pop up. Like he shot us out a couple games that in the early season we were actually in. And we, but instead of playing through the jazz motion offense, uh, you know, nine, ten seconds uh, off the clock, he would just pull up for a three that wasn't even close. And he's not – I mean, he, I think he's a okay shooter, but uh, I don't think he's – Well, he's average nine. now, but yeah, he was not he was, average at so, the beginning of the year. He was yeah. he was down at like 30% to start the year because he's jacking up the awful shot. Yeah, it was a bit sluggish. <laughs> so playoff Jared Dudd. Playoff Jared Dudd, you tell me what of, uh, what we should be thinking about uh, Mr. Mitchell, Spider Mitchell here. Well, I think Nick has a very good point, honestly. You've got to respect the fact that he sees other ways that Mitchell could be effective, which he's not using. Like, you saw those incredible passes that he was throwing in, what was that, game three, that we just didn't hit the shots. Like, he created looks for George Nyang, he looked for Joe Ingles that he missed, you know. And then there was a third three, I can't remember if that was another Ingles one or if that was a Thabo three or what. But his passing, like when he really dials that in, he looks amazing passing the rock. And I don't know if that's some kind of Rubio effect or what, but it it was incredible. And it's just like that does that seems so underutilized. So yeah. I have to give Nick credit. He's recognizing that there's other ways he can be effective that don't seem like they're being implemented enough. I think underutilized is a very good point. I I can't. Remember. It was one of the Golden State Warrior games that the Jazz played on. Uh, the season, where every time Donovan drove to the paint, they knew he was not going to pass. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think they made some uh, some adjustments in the second half. And like one time, Donovan drove the lane, they collapsed, and he just dropped it off for favors. And the Warriors had no idea what happened because <laughs> it's it's kind of like if you ever see that movie Celtic Pride uh, with the with the Jazz win the championship. David Wayans in the in the finals game passes the ball to one of his teammates and it hits him in the head. He goes, "You passed, you passed, messed me up." Because nobody knows he's going to pass the ball. Uh, maybe that's what maybe that's what Donovan is doing right now. He's channeling his inner Damon William, uh, Damon Wayans uh, from the Celtic Pride. It was <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I yeah I, that's that's actually the second Celtic Pride reference I've had this week. So you know, I'm I mean, <laughs> a lot. You so should be quick. proud of that. Right, Swish, you are uh, self-proclaimed, uh, I don't know, self Jared proclaimed, you are our, uh, one of Dwayne Wade's biggest fans, right? Yes, yes, I am. And uh, Donovan Indeed. Mitchell, I mean, that's the comp he gets a lot. Like, uh, even Tony Jones this week said that his ceiling could be peak Dwayne Wade. Uh, how do you feel about that comparison? I can't. Uh, personally, um, unless Donovan changes, like, in a positive a note on his decision making, I I don't know if I could push it that far, but I think people more so recognize that comparison because he's an undersized two guard. So 
they're automatically gonna, you know, oh, Dwayne Wade was only like six three, six four doing this, so maybe Donovan can do the same thing. But it's like you kind of got to look at it in the aspect of Dwayne had a lot on his shoulders, you know, pretty early. You know, he had to adjust to playing with one of the greatest centers of all time in just the second season, and he rose to the occasion doing that. And when you put it that way, you know, his IQ was, I won't say miles ahead of Donovan because, you know, Dwayne made his mistakes as well coming up. But I think just the decision-making aspect and, you know, knowing how to pick your spots correctly, that, that would factor in a lot if Donovan's going to take that kind of leap. So is that the only reason you think that people are comparing Donovan and Dwayne is that uh, is they're, they're both undersized two guards? Yeah, like, I don't really – like, personally, I don't see a lot of similarities in their games. Like, I see Donovan, like, he – like, when he playing – he plays the point guard role, he reminds me more of, like, kind of like how Baron Davis used to be or somebody, like, if you're if he's at the two, kind of like how Aaron, Eric Gordon was, like, with the Clippers, like, back in those days. He's an athletic two guard with an average to sometimes good three-point shot, and – you know, he slashes at will, and he gets to the basket almost any time he wants. So that's who – he reminds me more of those two guys, like a mixture rather than, like, yeah. D-Wade. Yeah, and is, is there any um, – is there any uh, other, like – like um, uh, we obviously have seen Dwayne Wade, but you you may have paid a lot more uh, attention to be, being a Heat fan and watching Dwayne Wade. What things could Donovan do in year three, you think, that would – get him closer to peak Dwayne Wade or what do you think he can prove? Like just in one year, like let, let's not, you know, let's not put the cart before the horse. Like he, he made improvements this year, but there's still a long way to go. So what else right. can he do? You think of uh, besides decision-making? Um, aside from decision-making, I think he sometimes has to find ways to be a more willing, like playmaker and like passing. And, you know, he's, yeah. a, he's a pretty good passer. Like, you know, when he wants to be, but, it's about, you know, adapting to that. Like, you have to get kind of be used to, like, wanting to dish it out to your teammates because when he drives, you know, most people expect him to, you know, go up with a floater or try to dunk it over somebody or even a strong layup. But I feel like if he actually takes the time and, you know, utilizes his weapons around him and, you know, driving kicks or even just rotating the ball, like getting a ball movement, I think that, that also depends on the coach and the sets, but, I think if he becomes more willing to do that, it can open up a lot of things for him and it can open up a lot of things for the Jazz, especially if they get a couple of shooters this offseason. Right. And Jared, um, uh, what do you think? Um, uh, what what can Donovan do to – I mean, do you think the Donovan-Dwayne Wade comparison compares or do you have a better comparison, you think? Well, I, I've always felt like that comparison was a little – I think it's kind of like Nick says, man. It's because they're both undersized two guards and they're both very athletic. You know, got they've got both had a very high vertical leap, vertical jump, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I mean, just because they're athletic two guards that can get to the basket doesn't mean they're just like Nick said. They're not like the same player. I mean, that's there are things about them that are similar. But Donovan, you know, it seems like he's more of a layup package guy. You know, different varieties of, of looks that way, and, and Wade seemed like he was a mid-range maestro at times. Like he could just all over the floor, he could just kill you as a killer. Um, you know, he didn't really have the three-point range, but he he could kill you from basically anywhere inside the arc. So, 
And I, and I don't think Donovan really has that necessarily, necessarily that part to his game because, you know, we're, we kind of like Houston have gone way three point centric and, you know, we got to get those looks to the shooters, et cetera. And sometimes Donovan will just take these bad for him, bad, not for Damian Lillard, bad three point shot. <laughs> so, so he'll take these ridiculous 36 footers or 35 footers or whatever. And you're just like Donovan, like, unless you have to don't shoot that, you know? And sometimes it feels like he, he backs himself into a corner where he's tried to create something, either a look for himself or he just didn't see the pass he was looking for. So I don't know if he's just not making the read that you're looking at. That he, I mean, I don't know if he's – because I know a lot of what we do supposedly is similar in that way to the Warriors, that it's like read-react. Like that's a, There's a component of our offense because the motion offense is that way. But – so I just, I, I mean, honestly, I'm not that great of an X of the nose guy. Nick, Nick knows more about that stuff than I do. But it just, it just seems like there are, there's, there's a lot of room for him to improve, a lot of ways that he can improve. So I think that next year, with this full offseason of him being healthy, so it's just basically his first full offseason, where he can work on his game all summer, you know, and not just have a coming out party and do a world tour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Like> last <laughs> summer. <laughs> and and yeah. part of what hurt Donovan this year was that he started off so slowly. I mean, like, I mean, his yeah. he was very he was wildly inefficient in the first couple months, and then, but you know, January first hit, he tweeted out "New Year, New Me," and coincidentally, he went on a huge tear after that. Well, I think um, part of that was a huge mental adjustment for him. Like, I don't don't mean to step on your toes and take the point away from you but I think like when you hear if you you listen to his exit interview and stuff like end of the season stuff I think Kristen Kenny was talking to him and he said something like you know at the beginning of the year I basically had a target on my back and I didn't I don't know that I was necessarily ready for that and you can understand that because even last year like he kind of came out of nowhere and people yeah they started game planning for him during the year but these the people have now had a whole summer to basically be like, oh, this is kind of how we're going to stop this kid. You know, this is how we're going to shut yeah. it down. And so, um, yeah, so I, I, obviously there was an adjustment period there. So hopefully year three is a little bit more steady in terms of production like the whole year, and we'll see if he's really made you know, a real leap, if he can maintain what he get, went from the end of last season to, and if he even can make a, another significant step forward. I also think it's interesting – our backcourt pairing of the future for us, uh, I don't know if that's, nah, maybe Royce will be in at small forward instead. Royce O'Neal, man, he's a defensive monster, and if he can start hitting his open looks more, he might supplant like Joe Ingles in the starting lineup because Joe is starting to look a little bit longer in the tooth, and he might be better in a six-man ventral. I don't know. Anyway, that's kind of a side note. That could be the move. You never know. Uh, uh, Swish, I'm a, let's, let's turn it a little bit on the head for you as well. Uh, of, of what you've seen of Donovan Mitchell, what do you think he does really well that um, he can obviously improve, but it's kind of his bread and butter. What do you think that he does better than you know 90% of the league that makes him a star? Um, I think what Donovan excels at best is probably when he's typically the floor general because he has like when he's not, you know, mindset of just trying to score the basketball and he gets his little tunnel vision, 
you know, like I was saying, he's a pretty skilled passer. But as far as what he does exceptional right now, he's a like I was touching on the slasher aspect of the game. Like he he gets to the basket almost at will, even though he's only like six two six three. But he's he's muscle bound, so it's like either you're gonna get out of his way or he's just gonna be too fast for you and he's gonna get past you. He's gonna go through you at times. But I think, you know, the slashing aspect of this game is probably his best. And I think he needs to touch on his mid-range game a little more. I know the mid-range is considered the worst shot in the world in basketball nowadays. But, I mean, if you look at guys like, let's say, Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, you got guys like that. They're living off of mid-ranges still because, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're still top-tier players. Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a perfect example of a little guy who – Loves playing in that mid-range area. You know, he'll run around a screen in circles and circle back around and hit a mid-range like it's nothing. So, I think I mean, if two, you touched on two that. Two years in a row, the Jazz have – sorry, as I said, two years in a row, the Jazz have lost to a team that, um, uh, you know, ironically, coincidentally, both the Rockets, last year Chris Paul beat them in the mid-range. This year they mm-hmm. gave James Harden uh, the mid-range, and it wasn't James Harden that beat them. It was actually James Harden – Finding teammates while when he got into the mid range that uh, beat him. So it's it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's true. The the mid range, while, while may not be the most important factor, if you can make that a really dangerous shot, teams have to, mm-hmm. to game plan. They have to play up on that. Yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, like Well, I was gonna say, like you remember a couple of years ago when Westbrook seemed like he was looking his best because he was taking those nice little mid-range shots and not forcing those ugly threes. <laughs> so, oh, we, we, we try not to talk about Westbrook on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Just to throw that out there, you know. So, Jared and Swish, like, obviously Donovan was forced into a, a sort of a point guard role uh, mm-hmm. this year, and you both have talked about how his decision-making needs to be better. And I'm going to defend it a little bit just because I know that Donovan is 6'3", uh, and he's, you know, mm-hmm. he's a small, uh, you know, that 6'3", mm-hmm. would probably be what... Uh, Generous 6'3". Yeah, we would consider that, what, average yeah. point guard size, 6'3". Um, but the, the problem is that my guess is that college, high school, you know, since Donovan was not asked to be a point guard, he was asked to do... Other, I mean, shooting guard obviously has handles the ball, but point guard is the guy that really runs the offense. And uh, a lot of uh, a lot uh, was put onto uh, Donovan's shoulder shoulders to do something that he doesn't probably do on a regular basis that he was thrown into because we have three point guards on the roster and they all went down at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just, I mean, sure, it's, it, it might be. Not super different, but it's a little different. That's something that's uh, that's something that I think we should take into account when saying Donovan can play full time point guard or he should do this and that. He was kind of learning on the fly this year too, uh, and there were games that he played really well at point guard. But the Jazz overall, statistically, like metrically, didn't do as well mm-hmm. as, as opposed to when Rubio was on the floor. Uh, there were times right. in the playoff games when. Rubio wasn't in, and the playmakers were Ingles and Donovan, and it just looked awful. Like Donovan would just drive into four guys and not know what to do with the ball. So, and Ingles was not fast enough mm-hmm. to 
to get around and um you know he he, he was calling off screens and trying to go one on one with these guys and it just wasn't working so um, well i think I think you got to give the Rockets, Rockets a lot of credit for uh, shutting Joe down, though. It seemed like they really made him uncomfortable, and they focused on basically shutting off a, a huge secondary playmaker for, for yeah, the Jazz, man. The switching defense was it made it hard on anybody who was just who primarily spots up shoots. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's it is. So I, I'll say Donovan again. You guys have both mentioned that he's young. He's 22 years old. Uh, but you see the stuff that he does outside of basketball, and it makes him seem like he's older because he seems like he has such a good head on his shoulders, you know. Uh, but yeah, he's he's only been in the league two years, um, and mm-hmm. he, uh, like losing to the Rockets in five games the way the Jazz lost, it sucks. But uh, to me, uh, I've said this before because I'm a pessimist that I don't think the Jazz had a legit shot to win the championship at any time. Even in preseason, I did not believe the Jazz were one of the top four or five teams in the league. But I think they're on the up and up. Uh, I know that losing mm-hmm. in the first round is is a, you know it's a it's a bummer, and it may seem like the Jazz took a step back. <laughs> There's a guy on Twitter who I'm not going to mention. He's <laughs> tweeting about how um, uh, it's such a disappointment, disappointing season, and I'm like, I guess if you if you think the Jazz had a chance to win the championship this year. Yes, man, I'll, me- I'll, I'll mention him. I'll mention him. Everybody knows who that <laughs> no, is, man. I don't. I don't, I, don't to, I, I don't want to get into that. But well, uh, he I mean, can come at you. He can come at me. <laughs> the Jazz of uh, I think the Jazz learned a lot. Like obviously, they learned that what they have right now is not going to work. Like, man got himself quote tweeted by Tony Jones. Man, everybody knows who <laughs> that is. So uh, what they have now is not going to work. So they know in the offseason they have to make a change. They also know that, or like Donovan knows that, what he did was not good enough. And so mm-hmm. Donovan now has he has five more games of experience. That's game tape. That's memories. Uh, you can see. I mean, I don't want to get into a narrative here, but uh, personally, when I look at uh, the press conference he gave at the end there, I can just see a, a, a frustrated young man who's like, okay. This sucks, and I don't want this. I don't want to feel like this ever again. Next year, I'm gonna make sure. It's kind of like what Rudy did uh, a couple of years ago when they lost. You no, know? he just hey, we have to. And Rudy has. Oh, you, you mean you mean the year. season Hayward left? Oh hell yeah, man, Rudy. Rudy <laughs> put. You could tell he put in the work that summer because he was yeah. getting worked <laughs> by the Warriors. Man, he looked te- he looked terrible in that series, and then he came back so much better the next year. And it's just like you. I was impressed, and the fact that he. He's continually put in the work. I mean, major props to Rudy. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, you know, I could go off on that on all those tangents yeah. all day so, long. So yeah, that's that's the that's the Donovan Mitchell portion of our. I mean, there are people who, after a game fight, even some close friends of mine who are like, "Hey, you know, did Donovan really get better this season?" I'm like, I think he did. You know, not just stats wise, but there are times when because last year he didn't have to shoulder the load as much. This year. It felt like it was all on him. Like I think he felt like it was all on him. Last year, I think he felt like he was a big piece of the puzzle, but he felt I think he was like trying to defer to Joe Ingles. And, well, we also had more playmakers and, last year. We had a guy, yeah. another guy on the roster who could go get you a bucket when the system broke down. We had Alec Burke, and everybody wants to talk about you know 
Alec, I mean, there's, we have a whole segment of our fan base that are Alec Burke stands, and I was one of them for a long time, but, you know, I just realized that at a certain point he wasn't going to fit on the roster anymore because he didn't really fit in Quinn's system because yeah. he likes to kind of improvise and stuff, and Quinn did not like that. <laughs> so, I mean, but he worked great against the Rockets because when the Rockets shut everything down, Alec Burke could go get you a bucket. And we didn't really have that component to our team this year, so... You know, obviously, you know? that's why we got blown out those first two games. And then it seemed like Rudy really keyed in on defense. And I know people love to say Rudy was trash, blah, 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 the whole series. And, oh, he got cooked in this and that, whatever. Well, it sounds like you really only watched the first two games because it seemed like he dominated the next three defensively. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand, you know, that's how narratives work. But it's just, it's just crazy how different that team looked from the beginning of that series towards the end of that series. So, Switch, um, uh, you are a Miami Heat fan, correct? Yes, sir. So, uh, so for the Utah Jazz fans who don't follow the Miami Heat, like I was kind of following the Miami Heat um, uh, near the end of the season because um, they were – it was kind of weird because they're in a spot where they have aging uh, stars. They also have mm-hmm. – uh, they also have – they don't have a lot of tap space to work with in the off season. Uh, they have a bunch of oh. guys who are kind of making more than you'd want them to make, and then they had Dwayne Wade who was on his way out. So this is—I thought this yep. was—I thought they were an interesting team because they were fighting for a playoff spot. When when you put all together, like their cap space and everything, it would make sense for them to be in the lottery to try to get a better draft pick. Uh, where did you mm-hmm. fall? Did you want did you want them to make the playoffs or did you want them to miss the playoffs? Um. I was more so on the miss the playoffs train, but like a part of me wanted to see like a couple more games of Dwayne because you know that's my favorite player of all time. But at the same time, like I don't want him to go out like that. You know, I'm glad he went out the way he did, but I I really wanted them to try to get the best draft pick possible. You know, there was a point in time like maybe if we you know keep up this losing stretch of games, I mean we might luck up at the Zion or something, man. Like you never know because. I enjoy watching a lot of Zion Williamson this year, but I know that's not going to be the case unless we somehow win that draft lottery. But I, I really wanted them to tank. So, yeah. Quick question for you. Are, are they know. getting off Whiteside's contract this year, or has he got an opt-in player option? Uh, I don't know. It's sounding a lot like he wants to opt out because it sounds like he regrets even signing, like signing the four-year deal that he did or the – it was four, yeah, it was four years, but with an option at the end. So I think he's going to opt out, honestly. Well, I, I think it would also be interesting if Dragic, uh, Goran, or whatever, opted out for you guys, because that gives you guys a little bit more. Yeah, that, that would free up a lot of cap space for us. That would give us, like, $19 million. And then if we make Which could move, be a solid you know, player. Yeah, that could be a solid yeah. player. I think if we um, do that and make a couple moves, it would be good. Because yeah, this is sure. always, like, the, the, the fundamental... Like if you know your team's out of it and you don't, you know that it just it's a lost year. Uh, the NBA mm-hmm. is kind of that spot where you don't want to be in the middle. You would, you want to be mm-hmm. out. You even though you got to be tanking. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And so it's kind of funny because like the Heat could have been the Pistons this year. You know, they could have faced the Milwaukee mm-hmm. Bucks in the first round. And so I, I don't, I don't know. Who, I can't tell you for sure who had a better year because. The Pistons really wanted to make the playoffs this year. They had Blake, they had mm-hmm. Drummond, and Plus they, they had, had that drought, and they had that stretch. They've been trying to make the playoffs for like five years. 
Right. And mm-hmm. there, there, I mean, there's no catch-all. Like that's why I just I try to figure out. I like to ask for fans of a because I could I could ask another Miami Heat fan and they would probably say, no, we definitely wanted to make the playoffs because we wanted great way to get at least four more games, you know, in the playoffs. And so, right. Yeah, it's it is what it is, and so it's just it's funny because I think back to the years that, and I mentioned this on, on the last pod, uh, the last years of Millsap and Al Jefferson in Utah. Uh, Corbin was uh, the coach, and I wanted so badly for them to trade those two guys at the deadline, get some draft picks, mm-hmm. and just tank the rest of the season. Because what happened was yeah. they got they got the AC in the playoffs, they lost the draft pick that year, and they got swept. Mm-hmm. So it was just like well, lose. okay, okay, okay. But let's talk about let's talk about why that happened so badly, right? Okay, so who do we play in the playoffs? Over a one Derek Favors. Do you remember the name of that cat uh, that got that got playing time? No, it wasn't Millsap, man. Well, no, no, we played like Josh freaking Howard or Josh Johnson or I don't even remember, man. Uh, wasn't that the year we got swept by the Spurs? Oh no, or was that the year before? Uh, that was uh, the, the last year that we got swept by the Spurs was uh, Millsap and Jefferson's last year in Utah. Okay, but here's the thing. We should have been starting Derek Favors because Al Jefferson couldn't. He can't guard anything. I well, mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I'm saying. Is like the Jazz should have traded Big Al. If they, if they had guard a good guard. Yeah. Well, regardless of his defense, I mean, it's just one of those things that if you know that you're probably not going to sign your player back, and you're not going to win the championship, that, that team was not going to win the championship. You know. Like they had two guys that were out the, that were they were probably going to let leave, and they weren't going to win the championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, their ceiling was the eight seed, and they hit their well, ceiling. I, just like I think, par- so. I think part of the thing was though, part of the thing was I don't think anybody wanted to trade it for anybody because they were expiring. So mm-hmm. what, is, what are they going to give us asset wise? Like, oh yeah, this guy's going to expire at the end of the year. Why do well, I want this guy? You could have got some. I mean, the thing is that they're expiring, but if you trade them, you get. The team that gets them gets the bird right, so it gives yeah. the team that's trading for them a chance to sign into a longer contract. Yeah, but that's I the team, but it wants them. You know what I'm saying? Like we, well, nobody yeah. knew Millsap was going to be what he became in in Atlanta. No, I well, mean at the Millsap time, was, so people were like, "Oh, Millsap, Millsap's solid," but Millsap was still really good. Like Millsap was a borderline All Star in the West uh, when he played for the Jazz. Mm-hmm. He was still pretty good. Mm, I don't know like, if he I mean, was. When he started oh, making dude. threes, then he was really, really good, man. Yeah, but he was yeah, like, don't remind me he was, like, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers the miracle in Miami. He remembers. <laughs> oh, the miracle in Miami. Oh man, like. <laughs> so I mean, this is uh, this is kind of funny, right? That before uh, Steph, there was Millsap. <laughs> LeBron James. Uh, yeah. LeBron James didn't really win that much in uh, in um, in Utah when he played. Like, I mean, Miami came here and mm-hmm. they didn't win that much. And it's just it is one of those weird things, you know. So that is one of those weird quirks of LeBron having hasn't won here for like eight years or some crap like that, nine years. It's, get, it's getting strange, man. It's just like you expect him to win one. I'm like, right. I don't know what the deal awesome. is. That was a fun trip down memory lane, but um, uh, have, have you guys been keeping up? So here's the thing: when the Jazz get out of the playoffs, 
I no longer watch every playoff game. I have a lot of other stuff to do that I can't keep up with all of it. So, um, <laughs> uh, but I did see the games today. How do you guys? How do you guys feel about the uh, the way the playoffs are going this year? I mean, that Warriors Rocket series looks really interesting, honestly. And and now yeah. you you have to just wonder what the refs are gonna how the refs are gonna respond to what <laughs> to the way I things mean, went down. Oh, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, uh, the East, uh, the Celtics kind of blew out the Bucks today. They played Jonathan. Man, that was crazy. Uh, I was not expecting a romp. 22 points. Yeah, like it's, oh, 21 uh, shots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you guys have any predictions for how the series are going to go? Uh, Rockets, Rockets Warriors. Warriors are up 1-0. Uh, I'm going to say Warriors and 6. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Warriors are six, okay. Bucks. They're six are or down seven. Oh, Warriors. Warriors are six or seven. No, no, you got to pick one, man. Don't waffle on me here. Uh, we got Bucks and Celtics. Uh, Celtics are up in, uh, by uh, one zero. You said Celtics and six? Celtics and six? I don't know about that. I'm going to say Celtics and six. Ah, oh, man. That that's a tough one for me because I'm like, so the so right so the Bucks are pretty inexperienced right in general, but mm-hmm. if Giannis can step up the way we've been expecting him and seeing him step up all year, they make that a series. Oh man, see it all hinges on Giannis playing well, man. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make the bold pick. I'm gonna make the bold pick and go Bucks and seven. Bucks and seven. All right. Then. Two, uh, we got Raptors who are up 1-0 against um, uh, the 76ers. How do you feel that one's going to go? Raptors in five or six. Uh, yeah, Raptors, Raptors in five. 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 Yeah. Six, Sixers. Sixers trash man. The Sixers. They. Uh, it's like their basketball IQ goes out the window when they play against good defensive teams. <laughs> See the Boston series from last year. Yeah. Amen to that, man. Amen. All right, and then uh, last but not least, uh, the Nuggets and the Blazers. Oh, man. Uh, I'm I don't know what I want zero that. in six games. Ooh. Ooh, my man. I'm going yeah. to be bold with it. Yeah, I mean, that is exactly what I want to happen. I don't know that that's what's going to happen, but is that it's exactly mm-hmm. I want. I want Dame in the conference finals, man. That guy's worked too hard, been too underappreciated for too long, and like it sucks that they lost their best defensive piece. Uh, but it doesn't matter, man. People can a guy half his a guy half his size can make Yosik look like a fool. So I think I think Blazers in seven. It's really funny that um uh, after game one of the Nuggets Spurs series, everybody had written off the Nuggets and. I'm seeing a lot of Nuggets love right now. It's a, uh, it's, I don't know. Oh, there's a, there's going to be a ton of it because they're a really good team. But honestly, they let the Spurs take them to seven. That tells you a lot about that team. The Spurs mm-hmm. were not a great team this year. Aldridge looked like garbage in that game seven. And what the heck is wrong with the Nuggets? Basically, the the reason the Spurs. Oh man, it's crazy. Because the Spurs could have won what? What was it like? Game six, where they should have fouled or whatever. I can't remember. Game, oh, game seven. seven was game uh, seven. That was seven they, where they should have fouled. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. they also uh, they also threw game two away. They were up by double digits in the second half. Like they had a mm-hmm. nineteen point lead twice, and 
uh, in the fourth quarter there, like in the last eight minutes, they couldn't hit anything. That series is w- was way too close for me to trust the Nuggets. Yeah. I, I don't trust that team as far as I can throw them. You know, <laughs> that's a team where the that's a team where over half their playoff experience, not even over half, ninety percent of their playoff experience comes from one guy in Paul Millsap. <laughs> Oh yeah, hey, Paul Millsap, man. Yeah, all right. I don't the uh, Paul Millsap. <laughs> Gotta love uh, man. Yeah, we love that guy, but he didn't. He didn't like it here, man. I've heard some stories. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason he tried to sign in Portland, brother. <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh, so. Um, yeah, so those are the playoffs. Uh, do you guys have, I mean, let, let's talk really quick about the offseason for both Miami and Utah. Uh, what okay. is one free agent you think your team can realistically get, Swish? Um, depending on the the decisions of Whiteside and Gorn. Would you be happier if Goron and Whiteside both decided to opt out? Uh, personally, yeah, honestly. I honestly think that... Either of them, but yeah. All right, so I think, let's say they I think both, he's right, man. I think he's right. Let's say, they, let's say they both opt out and you have the 20-ish million to play with. Who do you think Pat Riley will go out there, bring to Miami to help steady the ship, so to say? Um, well, considering I want Winslow to continue running the point guard, and that will require going leaving for the most part, so they don't keep catering to him. Uh, a guy that I really want them to snag is the guy they should have had at the beginning of the season. That's Jimmy Butler, and I think if they oh. create the space and they have to, if they have to do a sign and trade or even have to make moves to free up extra space, I think they can realistically get Jimmy Butler. I honestly he's think a that is a realistic possibility for y'all. He seems like the perfect fit for Heat culture, man. He's a hard worker. Mm-hmm. He loves the grit and grind. I mean, he he seems like a guy that you want in that whole Heat culture mindset. Like, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's a destination spot. I mean, you let some of those other not-so-great contracts expire. Maybe you get somebody mm-hmm. else. I mean, boy, that could be, be that could be a nice if team. Could, if you could like, almost, exactly. like attach a first round pick to Dion Waiters, or uh, is there another? Is there another oh, well, you don't want to do that, to... man. They're already pick poor right now. They already got well, that twenty. <laughs> what is it? Twenty twenty one or something? Hey, pick going you, outgoing. You can yeah. If you want to clear cap space, you got to attach picks. I don't know how else you're going to clear cap space to get Jimmy Butler. I'm just. I'm just throwing out. Well, here's the thing. Here's what you do. You, if the say, let's say a team like the Jazz strikes out in free agency, right? We trade them Derek Favors. They opt out of Derek Favors. Wait, can we even realistically do that? I don't think you know. You can't do that. No, no, that's right. They changed that rule. Dang it. (laughs) Um, Okay. No, it'd have to be somebody. It'd have to be something else. But. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work as much. well as it used to. But here's the thing. Like we trade somebody who's a little used player right now for us who's hurt. <clears throat> Who everyone loves. Well, not everyone. Half of everyone loves and half of everyone hates him. You trade a guy like Dante Exum, you know, 
whatever. And we absorb another contract like a James Johnson or something like that. You know, that's a way for them to free up space. If we could figure out how to make that work dollars wise. Uh, well, obviously, it doesn't matter as much because both teams will be below the salary cap, so you don't have to match salaries. But mm. um, the problem, the problem is that, like, will the Jazz, like, say the Jazz, or say some other team, the other team has to want James Johnson enough to give up whatever to match it. So, right, like, the, mm-hmm. uh, if the Heat, if the, if the Heat have a player where someone's like, oh, they want Jimmy Butler, they need to clear ten million in the space. We want that player, you know, is it Deion Waiters? Is it, is it James Johnson? Uh, anybody, it, uh, anybody could take Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson is, he's not, he's not that bad, but he's not great. Yeah. Wasn't he, isn't he the Fresno he, state product or was that Tyler Johnson? Or uh, Tyler Johnson is Fresno state. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The thing with Jay Rich, he just doesn't have any go-to moves. Like he doesn't have the ability to score, like off the dribble and all that, really good. So it bothers me. Yeah. So we we wouldn't really want him, honestly, because we need that's what we need. <laughs> yeah. You, right, you Jared, have a, a creator score. Yeah. So your turn. Jazz uh, are in free agency. They need to get something. What do you, who, like? Is there is there somebody on your wish list, Jazz? If if they, well, you think are 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 you resetting favors? If you're the GM, July seventh, are you guaranteeing his his contract or not? Me? Yeah. Would I guarantee Derek favors? Uh, well, I got till the seventh, man. So I can I can try to throw the bag at Tobias Harris. So okay, I mean, so, you're, so your first priority is Tobias Harris this year. I would probably say yes. I mean, okay. and then. And then you can maybe, then you can consider re-signing Rubio because that non-shooting point guard has been a thorn in our side. Um, you know, but we have his bird rights, so yeah, we could we could probably re-sign him. But I'm not going to pay him 14 million a year. <laughs> well, okay. Like he, if he's staying, he's staying at a discount. <laughs> so all right, so um, so I mean, that that kind of shows you where the franchises are at, like. Miami is going after Jimmy Butler. Utah is going after Tobias Harris. I mean, well, and the thing is, the thing is, uh, Tony Jones said we had a release. He said he believes that we have a realistic shot at Tobias. There's been a lot of rumors around Tobias ever since he was in Detroit that he was interested in the Jazz. And if Jared, things blow up in I Philly, have... if things blow up in Philly, who knows? Jared, you and I have done like five, six of these podcasts together. You know that I think the Jazz have a realistic shot at. Any no one. The, no, I, I think I, I think the Jazz. I think Dennis Lindsay, the front office, at least they believe that the Jazz have a shot at multiple free agents. So I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying Tobias Harris is out of the question. I, I say. Yes. I'm saying that I'm. Uh, I can see the Jazz getting a meeting with him. Is it? Yeah. Is it sure? Yeah, he's I somebody know. I realistically think we can get a meeting with, and maybe become down to the final two teams that he decides between. Uh, and that's the thing; I don't think he's like necessarily going. Oh, Philly, I'm all in. I'm re-signing here. You know, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Especially with this run right now. I mean, he he made yeah. sounds like it sounded like he was interested in staying, but I mean, yeah. if your plan was send Bimmons and. <laughs> And seven two James Harden. 
<laughs> I, I don't um uh I don't follow a lot of what Tobias like obviously there there might be something that he wants that maybe Utah can offer that Philadelphia sometimes sometimes it's not just about money or sometimes it is about money, you know, so yeah. there's a lot of things that go into these so uh but I wanna thank you guys. Sure. Thanks for coming on, man. Like um uh when when Jared first pitched no this on the Donovan Mitchell slander podcast, I was wondering how this is going to work. But uh <laughs> I think it worked really well. I think we, I think um, uh, you guys made some very good points. I mean, th- there's obviously some frustrated Jazz fans out there who who feel the same way. That uh, I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot of overreaction theater out there that have said that Donovan can't lead this team. And to to them, I just say, you guys, it's it's a second year. We're, we're putting a lot of pressure on somebody in their second year, especially when we didn't have maybe the correct team to accentuate um, uh, the asset. So, uh, but I'm excited. Um, uh, you know, the playoffs are going right now. We have a draft coming up and free agency, and that really can shape the team. Like the Jazz, uh, like a lot of teams, there's going to be about 20 teams who have a little bit of money to spend. So, um, Before we sign uh, off, before what? we sign off, can I say that a guy like Eric Gordon also, I think, really moves the needle for Utah because, like, his ability to drive, his shooting. I mean, Especially we don't necessarily the... have to get these big names. People are like, oh, we have to get one of the top-tier free agents. No, I think you get two Tier 2 guys who really add shooting to this team, because especially since there's a lot of uh, scuttlebutt about Corver uh... possibly retiring. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, man, he's talking about it. He talked about it in his exit interview, and then yeah. he's only partially guaranteed, so they don't have to pay out the full $7 million, so that's a little bit of savings. Well, uh, if he retires, you don't have to pay up any of that. <laughs> so, no, well, uh, technically, I, I was reading on it, and technically I think you have to pay some of it. But uh, And the Jazz, the Jazz aren't just going to cheap out on him anyways. I mean, he's like, he was a guy that was here before. He's here again now. He's kind of loved it here. I think they might actually hire him as a shooting coach just because, man, he, Donovan's shot changed since he got here. Donovan's shot changed since he got here, man. He's going to shoot better now. So, yeah, um, uh, you know, you know, guys, if you guys want to come back on, let me know. Let's do this again. We'll we'll talk some basketball. It's, 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 it's fun having a little round table like this. Uh, I'm, I'm excited personally. I do love the off season, so – I would love to see uh, what the teams do. Like, not just the Jazz, but all the teams. Oh, man, I can't wait for July. Oh, it's like Christmas this year, man. Yeah. Christmas but, in uh, July. Uh, yeah. So, thanks uh, again. If you want to follow uh, Jared on Twitter, you follow Jared at? Go the distance 49 And, no, make sure to follow my man, Nick, at Swish the Great, you know, T-H-A. In the- yes, sir. Um, uh, and um, uh, you can follow the Jazz uh, at Jazz High Notes on Twitter. Uh, I uh, actually I'm getting a lot of guests from Twitter because uh, the people I follow are very smart and put out some really good stuff. So I've asked them to be on the podcast. Uh, those should be pretty soon. And uh, I'm trying to get Dan Clayton from Salt City Hoops back on because we're going to talk um, with some free agent stuff coming up soon. So uh, stay tuned. Please hit like. Uh, subscribe on whatever podcast uh, platform you're listening to. Give us a five-star review because um, that really helps us out. And you know what? Hit the high notes with us. Go ahead, Jared. Sing us out. Oh, shit. Here we go again. Shout out to Nick. He made that 2K viral. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Here man. we go again. <laughs>
Now I got to hit an explicit tag on the podcast. I we went 45 minutes without it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.